0: It's just a tremendous honor to be able to welcome all of you to be celebrating a part of your Christmas with you, especially if you're visiting with us. Uh, I just want you to know how glad we are that you're here. And I want to talk about a single verse in the Christmas story, really about just one single very powerful little word in that verse. It was actually a promise made by the prophet Isaiah a long time earlier uh, when he said, The young woman will be with child, that's Jesus, and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the the little word I want to talk about is the word with, not God above us or even God all around us, but God with us. And the reason it's so powerful is from when we're real little, we all know that part of being alive means being alone. And nobody wants to admit being lonely, but... Nobody wants to be that kid in the school cafeteria that's eating all by themselves. Uh, There was a movie called Forrest Gump a while ago, and Forrest gets on the school bus, and nobody wants to let Forrest sit by him. Everybody says, this seat's taken, and you feel the pain of his being alone until a little girl named Jenny says, you can sit next to me. And then he's not alone anymore. Then he's with. And Jenny's like an angel to him. And Christmas is all about being with. Being with friends Being with family, going to holiday parties, sending out what used to be Christmas cards but are now Facebook posts of amazing holiday experiences that will make other people feel as lonely as you feel when you look at their amazing holiday posts. And yet for a lot of people, people who have gone through a loss or a breakup or an illness or depression or can't have any children or looking for a relationship or for maybe some reason they don't even know, Christmas is often the loneliest time in the year. Maybe it is for you. Sometimes we think our loneliness is something that another person uh, could take away from us and that if we're still lonely at Christmas, it just means we have not found the right person to be with yet. Theologian by the name of Elvis Presley put it like this, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. But there is a kind of aloneness that is so deep that no other mere human being can ever take it away. One of the first times I thought about that, one of the most uh, powerful, poignant moments I ever had as a parent was when our first child was born and I held her in my arms and uh, all of a sudden it occurred to me that there was an aloneness that I could not shelter her from that would strike her in times of pain or the passage of time or death itself. And I hadn't expected this. It was like the whole arc of her life flashed before my eyes in a moment. And I said to my wife, Nancy, it's so unbelievable to me that right now, this little baby that I'm holding in my hands is going to grow up, and one day she will grow old. And this pink, smooth, perfect skin that I'm holding is going to one day be all wrinkled and mottled and blemished. And this cute little red hair, she had a little strip of like mohawk red hair, is going to turn gray one day, and it's going to turn white. And and then we'll grow old and we'll die, and then she'll grow old and she'll die. This little baby that I'm holding right now will die. And my wife said to me, give me the baby, you're creeping her out. <laughs> Some of the most influential thinkers of the last century have argued that loneliness is an inevitable human condition. jean Paul Sartre, the philosopher, said that the reason that we're lonely is that we're meaning-seeking creatures, but we live in a meaningless world, he said or the biologist, scientist Richard Dawkins wrote a few years ago that the reason that we're lonely is that the universe offers no design, no purpose, no hope, just blind, pitiless indifference. And now the story of Christmas is a claim that things are not that way, that you were made by God, and God actually hates loneliness. God says it's not good for people to be alone alone. God doesn't want anybody sitting at the table by themselves in the cafeteria. In fact, the central theme in the Bible is God's desire to be with people. In fact, an Old Testament scholar counted 114 times in the Hebrew Scriptures alone where God says, I will be with you. Be not afraid. You don't have to go through life feeling lonely. And he gives them all these pictures of his presence with people, has them build a temple that's like his house. says, I will be with you to hear your prayer. I will be with you to receive your worship. I will be with you to give you guidance. I will be with you through the scriptures. And it's, it's almost like all of that is not enough to satisfy God. And finally says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down there and be with those people myself. And that's Jesus. That's Christmas. When the biggest miracle of all is also the smallest. God causes all of his person, all of his presence, all of his majesty, all of his power to be condensed, to be compacted into one fragile, frail, little human body. And he goes down to earth to be with people, starting with this peasant, impoverished girl named Mary and then her family. And then because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, that word with really becomes Jesus' signature word. If you know much about him, in the Bible at the beginning of his ministry, we're told that Jesus takes a, a kind of a motley crew of fishermen and tax collectors, and Jesus appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him, that word again. Later, we're told that the authorities were so struck by the power of being with Jesus on the disciples that when they realized these were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note they had been with Jesus. Jesus is with beggars and lepers and foreigners and prostitutes and enemy soldiers. And and one time they called Jesus Jesus the friend of sinners, and they intended it as an insult, but for him, it was like a badge of honor. And that little word, with, is kind of what got Jesus killed because he kept hanging out with the wrong people, scandalous people, and religious authorities hung him on a cross, and he died, and then three days later, he was resurrected. And in that same gospel, the gospel of Matthew, At the very end of it, that little word comes back up, the last promise Jesus makes to his friends. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you, Jesus says. And people will wonder, how could Jesus be with people if he is not present bodily? well, being with someone is about much more than just physical proximity. In fact, some people can have their bodies at the same table with you, but their presence, their attention, their mind, their soul is a million miles away. And we call these people husbands. What Jesus is saying is that now, having become human and then being crucified and resurrected, he's no longer restricted by a body like you and I are. And so he can be present with anybody and he can be with you and he wants to be with you. That's the personal message of Christmas. In the morning, tomorrow you try this. When you wake up, you can just say, Be with me, Jesus, and he will. He can be with you in your thoughts. He can be with you when you go to work. He can be with you in your family. He can be with you in your pain. He can be with you in your hopes. He can be with you through other people. He says, particularly through the least of these, the poor, the sick, the imprisoned, the forgotten. Jesus is right there. The sustaining power of the unseen presence of God has made the weak strong down through the centuries. It has made the deathbed a place of triumph. It has brought hope to people in their old age. It has brought courage to people that are desperate. It has brought freedom to people who are addicted and couldn't get free in any other way. And it turns out, see, that our loneliness is kind of a clue about who we are. Just like the fact that we hunger indicates that we were made to eat, and the fact that we thirst indicates that we were made to drink, our loneliness tells us we were made for God, to be with God. There's an old Beatles song called Eleanor Rigby, and it asks this kind of haunting question. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? And the answer is that they are people who live apart from this God, apart from his love. The Apostle Paul describes it like this. They are people without hope and without God in the world. And the good news of Christmas is you don't have to go through life that way. You can ask Jesus to be with you on this Christmas. What a great time to do it. You can ask him to forgive you of the wrongdoing, the stuff you're embarrassed about, the sin, the flaws that make us all hide from each other and make us isolated and make us feel so lonely and give you a fresh start with his forgiveness. Maybe you're already a Christian. You've known God for a while, but he's felt far away for some time. And, you know, you can begin all over again with them right now and make space for him in your everyday life. You can get help for this because there's another with promise from Jesus right in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus says, wherever two or three are together in my name, I am with them. It's an amazing promise. He actually has a plan for loneliness, and his plan is that those of us who follow him would create a community that's really kind of a family that would embrace anybody who needs to be loved because God hates it when anybody sits alone at the cafeteria table. And it's very ironic to me that in our day as modernization increases, poverty and illiteracy and disease are all going down, but guess what? Loneliness is going up. There was a study in the Chronicle a couple of days ago. You see San Diego Loneliness is a much bigger problem than researchers even thought. Uh, Three out of every four Americans right now is suffering from loneliness. Loneliness is so epidemic in Great Britain. Some of you will have read about this. The U.K. has appointed a cabinet-level government position called Minister of Loneliness to try to address this problem. A whole field of treatment has emerged in psychology called pet therapy. Numerous studies have shown the presence of animal companions can lessen the pain of isolation. The star of the internet this Christmas is a Dalmatian named Wiley with a nose shaped like a human heart. Look at that dog. Who could resist that dog? Who of you would not buy a dog for your children this Christmas? But I digress. We buy dogs or cats or rabbits or even goldfish to reduce loneliness. Because we're a lonely people. Over the last 30 years, uh, an Amer- American's number of close friends in whom they can confide has dropped 50%. And then tragedies come. Like the campfire this last year that has devastated so many folks. And they wonder, where is God? And, and what do I do? And we're actually launching a series as a church in January called That's a Great Question, because we believe church ought to be a place where anybody can come in with any kind of doubt or any kind of question and have a chance to learn together. And if that would serve you, we'd love to help you in that. Jesus had this plan, see, that when tragedies come, like the fires we've seen this year up in paradise, or when a family loses a child, or an aging person battles an illness, or somebody loses a job, or somebody goes through a divorce, or somebody feels rejected. Nobody stands alone. This is family. And Jesus is right here in the middle of it. And he is very good news. This is the message of Christmas. God and sinners reconciled. Emmanuel, God with you, if you want. Would you pray together with me? And if you want to, you ask him right now to be with you. Just this simply, Jesus, would you forgive my past, my regrets and my flaws, my brokenness, the mess that I've made? And would you give me a new heart and a clean start? Be my Savior and my leader, and He will do that. He loves doing that for people. He will do that for you. Jesus, I thank you that you are here, and I pray right now for every need of every person listening to me. I pray for every aching, or broken, or empty heart. I pray for the life of every person, young or old. That you would be Emmanuel, God with us to everyone. I pray this in Jesus' name and ask that in this holy moment you would receive now our worship and our wonder and our adoration and our praise. And shower this room with hope and love. In Jesus' name, amen.